0: We're going to go back, uh, as we've been doing every other uh, Wednesday, we're going to go back to Psalms uh, this evening. We're in Psalm 71. Um, This is another Psalm. Now, many commentators, uh, uh, that's one thing that interests me when (laughs) you you study and you, you go back and you read some commentators, you read some Bible scholars, and it just amazes me how many don't agree on a lot of things. Um, there is some debate on whether David actually wrote this uh, psalm or not. It doesn't say. Uh, some believe it was during his time as he got older during the uh, rebellion of uh, Absalom. Uh, but it doesn't say for sure. There are a lot of things. One thing about this psalm is it, it actually quotes or refers to or has the same message as several other psalms. Uh, it has a lot of the characteristics of David writing it. Uh, I tend to lean maybe toward that he did, uh, just simply because he goes back and remembers and quotes so many other things in which he written in the book of Psalms. But it could be, it could be someone else that just ha- has studied the Psalms and just uh, uh, bringing them back up. But uh, whatever, uh, uh, whoever it is, like I say, I... I kind of lean toward uh, David. I think it has a lot of those characteristics of how David expresses himself. But like I said, it goes back and quotes and or alludes to several other psalms. As a matter of fact, uh, Psalm 71, 1 through 3 is exactly Psalms 31, basically. Psalms 31, verses 1 through 3. Uh, the thoughts of Psalm 71 and 5 kind of alludes to Psalms 22 9 through 11. Uh, Psalm 71 and 12 kind of echoes Psalm twenty-two eleven. Psalm 71 and 12 also uh, reflects back to Psalm 70 and 1. Psalm 71 and 13 is similar to Psalms 35 and verse 26. Psalm 71 and 18 goes back to Psalm 22, uh, maybe verses 22, maybe 30 and 31 also. Psalms 19, 71 and 19. Uh, goes back also. So there's several. And I started to go back to each one of them, but we've covered these psalms. Um, but there is a lot of going back to or the same uh, concept as some of these other psalms. And this is a, a wonderful psalm because it's a psalm uh, about growing older and growing older and having a trust in God. But also as you go grow older, there's a sense here of uh, the psalmist is is pleading to God that God shows a, a little extra grace maybe uh, to this person as they get older. Uh, they feel feeling a little more feeble physically. Maybe they're worried about maybe their spiritual health not being as good as it should be and maybe need a little extra attention from God. And as I thought about this, as I read through the Psalms, you know, uh, it, it, it really caused me to realize... Not everyone grows stronger in the faith as they grow older, do they? And it's a shame that that happens, but that does happen. Uh, as they grow older, doesn't necessarily mean we grow stronger or deeper in the faith because maybe could be we don't study as much or, or things as we should. But the flip side of that is, even if we do, and we are trying to grow each day in our faith, um, sometimes I think there is this sense of, maybe feeling a little more helpless as you grow older. You, you don't feel like you can do as much as you did. And when those physical things take hold, sometimes that does reflect or does affect maybe our spiritual life. Sometimes we get discouraged and we think, well, you know, I can't do the things that I did when I was younger. So we, maybe we think that reflects on our faith a lot. And we need to make sure that we... we uh, uh, Stay in a close relationship with God as we grow older. And I think this is what this psalmist is, is going through um, as he's facing the things that he's facing. Um, let's look at verses 1 through 3. It says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never, never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may uh, resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Um, Notice he starts out, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Many psalms begin with this description, uh, and this description is declaring trust in Yahweh, isn't it? Uh, uh, the God of Israel, uh, the covenant God of Israel. You know, just he he really goes into this this personal relationship of with God, and he says, I, "I put my trust in you." And I think this is is as we see in this psalm, as we're going into this psalm, how he's realizing he he's more mature in age. He's realizing he's growing older, and as we as we become more feeble. Is it important to strengthen our trust in God? Is it important to strengthen our, our faith and our trust? And I guess our reliance a little more in God, don't we? Uh, we feel like, as I said, sometimes we, we can't do as much as we used to do. And, and, and it shows, we start showing a little more dependency maybe upon God, which should have been there to start with. But he starts off by saying this, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Um, now the psalmist so often begins like this, a, a, a declaration of faith. And as he, he continues to do this, this is why it seems like to me it's David because it goes in harmony with a lot of ways in which David expressed himself and expressed his, his uh, um, relationship as it uh, pertains to God. He says, Deliver me in your righteousness. Because the psalmist trusted in God, he, he boldly asked God to act righteously on his behalf and deliver him. He asked that the righteousness of God would, would work on his behalf. Now, if we're asking for God to, to work his righteousness on us, what exactly are we asking? What is God's righteousness? What is he asking for here? He says, deliver me. He don't just say, deliver me. He says, deliver me in your righteousness. So what do you think maybe he's specifically saying here? Because remember, when we do things, is it our righteousness or God's righteousness that we're following? God is what makes us righteous, isn't it? Righteous is righteous living based on the the commands of God. He's he's asking God to deliver him in his righteousness. So what is he asking for? Is that a hard question, Mike? Is that too hard? (laughs) I think it goes to with with the psalmist here trusting in God and trusting in his word and God's righteousness of this, you know, God sets forth this is the way that we are to live, this is how we are to conduct ourselves, and the things that we measure ourselves, just like when Jesus said our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, well, well, what's the difference? You know, uh, they, they gave, they, they prayed, they worshiped. They did all these externals, but Jesus said it had to come from more on the inside. It has to be from a, a motivational standpoint of why we do it, right? I, I'm doing these because I'm wanting to serve God. And God is the one that gives us the direction for that. He's the one that gives us the commands. He's the one that gives us a path. I only know how to live the right way according to God... Because God tells me, right? He's the one that sets the standard. So when, when I think when it, the psalmist here is saying, "Deliver me in your righteousness," you know he's wanting him to save him from the circumstances that he's in and deliver him past these things that he's going through. But I think the psalmist understands, even when we go through these things, for God to do, his, for us to allow God to do His part. I've got to be following His word, don't I? So he can only deliver us based on what's true to him. Is he going to go against what his nature is? Is he going to go against what his commandments are? Um, I'm trying to figure out how I've got this in my mind to be able to explain how I, I see it. It's like uh, 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 being able to understand that it's just like today. You know, We talk about you hear individuals say, well, well, God has talked to me, or God's told me to do this, or God's told me to do this, or God's told me to live this way. Well, is God going to whisper that to me, or do I know that from His Word? From his word. It, it's from His Word. I study His Word. I communicate. He communicates with me through His Word. I communicate with Him through prayer, so I know how to live based on what His Word is. That, that righteous living, that righteous living that I'm supposed to be that exceeds that of those that are supposed to be righteous is not following my own righteousness, but following God's. So if I want God to help me and guide me, and I trust in Him, that's what I'm trusting in. I'm trusting in His Word to guide me. I'm trusting in His Word to deliver me, because that's where that righteousness comes from. God is righteous and just because His Word is true. And getting through these, it doesn't change. Does, does his word change based on what my circumstances are at the time? It, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter if, I, matter if I'm going through a trial. It doesn't matter if I'm going through something good. It doesn't matter if I'm being tempted to what I think is beyond what I can handle sometimes. Or it doesn't matter what I'm going through here. I, I still have that standard in which I have to follow no matter what these circumstances are. So when the psalmist, just like we do many times, find ourselves in dire situations, I still can't deviate from the way in which God wants me to live even though I may be going through a trying time. Now what this may cause though is I think what the psalmist is going through. He's older, feeling more feeble. When the wicked are gathering around him, maybe he feels the pressure of it a little more. Maybe he feels the urgency of it a little more. And maybe he's crying out to God just a little bit deeper, a little bit more in that, but still not deviating from, from how God wants us to live. Uh, did that answer your question, Mike? I look at it when you're talking
1: about that. David knew that he was putting my trust in God. From the heart of David was
0: Yeah. And, and and the thing that in talking about David specifically, you know, even when David did wrong and David, you know, did these things contrary to God's will, I think what sets David apart is he knew it was. <laughs> and once he, you know, I mean, he still did those things and he, we understand those struggles that he had, but he realized that that deviated from what the righteousness in which God wanted him to be. And I think what made him a person after God's own heart is being able to recognize that, to confess that, and to come back to him. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that happens. We, we start trusting in what we think is right, you know, like Saul. Okay, there has to be a sacrifice. They're not here to make it. I'll make it. This is what we'll do. He started trusting in himself, but also giving in to the people and saying, oh, well, the people wanted to do this, the, you know. Um, and, and I think that's where we start uh, really, when we think about deviating away from God, I think sometimes we think of it in terms of uh, going out and committing some evil act. You know, a lot of times we, we try to distinguish these kinds of sins that uh, that person's wicked based on this action that they're doing. But a lot of times we don't think about it as, okay, I'm going through this hardship or or this situation has rose, and I don't have the patience that I should, so I make this decision. This decision is partly what God wanted, but it's not fully what God wanted me to do it's partly the way that God instructed for it to be done but it's not all the way but I have to do it in this particular situation well that's still disobedience to God isn't it but a lot of times we we try to justify those kind of things Um, and I think as we get back to you know deliver me in your righteousness I think this the psalmist here is keeping to the forefront of It's all about God. It's about how God wants us to live. It's about how God's standards. It's about God seeing us in these situations, but still expecting us to serve Him so He can help us in these situations, Um, and not to take it upon ourselves to do that. And I tell you, it takes a humble person to be able to do that. Uh, We have to humble ourselves to uh, to the point of realizing we have to follow God's will. Even when we have all these urges, maybe not to. And and to me, the the prime example of this is Jesus, Uh, the the greatest example of humbleness, having the power to keep individuals from doing what they were doing to him, and not using it because he's following God's righteousness, he's following God's will instead of maybe what those fleshly urges were. To one, I don't want to go through the pain, and two. I want these people to get what they deserve right now and let me show them what I can do to them, you know. Um, I think I'd be more on, inclined to, to Peter to want to take the soldier's head off, you know, than I would be Jesus to allow them to do that. Um, but I think, once again, it shows that example of we fo- need to follow God's will even when maybe every fiber of our fleshly part don't, doesn't want to or think that we can't for some reason. And and I think that just goes with maturity as a Christian and growing more and more in the faith. And I think the psalmist, as he's getting older, recognizes it's still important to realize even if I'm in these difficult situations, my dependency upon God should grow stronger. He says, incline your ear, save me, be my strong refuge. Again, incline my ear, you know, uh, come down to me, you know, be... Listen to the plea that I have. Listen to, you know, make sure you're listening and understand and know that this is the situation that I'm in, and I need you to be my refuge. Again, I think he's he, he's showing his feebleness as far as my dependency upon you. my My salvation, my my refuge, depends upon being in you, not. Being out here fighting it myself. I, my refuge is in you. My refuge, you're, you're my rock. You're, you're what I need to be. My safety, my refuge is, is found there. Not in how I think I should do it. it, it it's found completely in you. Uh, you have given the command to save me. Uh, he, he's confident here. He, he, he's confident in um, that... Uh, God's will, and I, and I find it interesting how how he says this. He says, you have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. He didn't just say, I know you want to save me. He didn't just say, I know you're going to save me. He says, you have gave the commandment to save me. Uh, to me, that shows ultimate trust, doesn't it? You know, this this is a a something that you've declared that you're going to do. This is something that... That you said, this is what I'm going to do. Now, what way would God save him? Does that mean God's going to save him physically? Does that mean God's going to save him in the end as far as spiritually? You know, uh, sometimes I think we can take these things that, and we think, well, God promised what, nothing ever happen to me. Well, I don't think God ever promised that nothing would ever happen to me physically. He promised it would work out for my good in the end if I trust in him But that work out for the good means a home with him. It may have nothing to do with my safety here. Uh, It may may not have to do with me not going through a trial here. It may have to do with my ultimate uh, safety, my ultimate salvation uh, in the end. Uh, Look at verses 4 through 6. He says, Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man, For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. So, once again, he's talking about, you know, you're going to save me from from the wicked. But here's where I tend to... And, I, and God's done this for other Bible characters and even some we may not even have record of. But you can see through David's youth how God has been there for him, can't we? We can see what he was taught. Uh, is there any doubt, God, that David was taught and, and taught to serve God and to stand up for God in his youth by the way that he, he confronted Goliath? You know, remember he came up. uh... uh, up to this scene here of delivering supplies and he wanted something done about it Now it might have been his youth he might have wanted in on the party as it were you know he might have wanted in on all this but he's been taught you don't defile god like this so david knows something about if this is david he does know something about god being there with him and him being taught of him all through uh... different instances within his life uh, of, of the things in which he faced. So based on that, is it safe to say that we too can look back and say, I can see where God was with me through, through these things in my life. Thus, it gives me an extra confidence of things that I'm facing now. Could we say the same for us? Is there things, it may be hard to do it at the time, But I know all of us at some point have looked back and and able to say now, yeah, now I can see. Now now I can see where that was. Even though I may not have been able, as Job said in Job 23, that there may be times we can't perceive God in it, but as long as we trust in his word like our necessary food, then we're going to be able to get through it. Because there's not uh, all the time that we can see it when it's right in front of us. But notice how he says, he says, because of this, you are he who who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. So the psalmist here is saying, these things that I've seen, these things that I've known that you've you've helped me and delivered me from my youth, he said, I'm not going to look at myself and praise myself because of this. I'm not going to look and say it's because of my own abilities I'm going to praise you continually. Now notice, he's still going through a trying time. He's still, as he says, he's in the grips of the wicked during this time. But he said, during this, I'm going to praise you. Now think about it. A a, a child of God is a a kind of a a strange thing to the world. You know, the world looks at, at someone that's serving God and Maybe in their minds they're thinking, well, if, if they're serving God, if there's something to this, this person should live a good life and good things should happen to them. But when they see these bad things happen, they're, they're looking and, and, and in their mind, I would think, trying to figure out, okay, if, if, if this is going on, then why, if you are serving God and God is as true and loving as you said he is, why are these things happening? Because remember, especially uh, at the beginning, they, they would thought because bad things happen has to do with whether you're obedient to God or not. The, these sins are happening. That's what Job's friends thought when it came to him. So the world looks at that and that's, that's what they see. They, it must be something they've done. That's why they go through this. But they see someone that's living a righteous life go through these things. They don't know what to say. Especially you see someone praising God during those times, but but here is what's and, and we've mentioned this before in a psalm a little bit. That's why you know Paul was able to sing in prison. That's why individuals were able to praise God even in these trying times. Because the things that we go through may not be good for us, but our attitude and the thing of how we handle that may be what brings somebody else around. You ever thought of that? Somebody else may be watching. How we go through this, and it may cause them, as we say, it may give hearing to the gospel and cause them to want to serve God too because they see the attitude we have in uh, the things in which we face. Uh, what verse are we on? Seven? Oh, yes? Okay, I'm sorry, I lost my play. He says, I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. And here again, that's what he says, I've become a wonder to many. Um, it's just how the world looks. We, we, the world looks at us and they, one, they may be saying, well, if they're serving God, why ain't God helping them? Or they may look and say, well, if this has happened to them, why are they still serving God? Or maybe they see God in us despite the circumstances we had. It's just a, it's a strange thing to the world. Just like Paul said about the cross, it's foolishness to those that are perishing. It doesn't make any sense. Well, serving the Christian life, you know, living this Christian life with the kind of attitude and trust in God that we're supposed to have, it's foolishness to the world too, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense to the world, you know. A lot of the world want to say, like Job's wife said to him, won't you just curse God and die? (laughs) You know, if this is how it's going to be, why are you keeping with it? And it's a wonder to the world, wonder to many as he says here. He says, but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together. Saying God has forsaken him, pursue and take him for there is none to deliver him. Here, you, here you've got again, David had said this before. You know, they're 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 mocking him and saying, look, he doesn't have anybody to deliver him. If he was truly serving God, then God wouldn't let this happen to him. It's a wonder to the world. And he says, during this time, he says, God, don't, don't forsake me in my old age. He's he I think he's realizing I'm frail. I, I'm, I'm more frail than I was. I'm I don't have. Maybe the physical ability to maybe to withstand and the strength to withstand the things that I'm faced with. It it, it seems harder. Let me ask you this. And I've made the statement before. As we get older, Christianity should get easier. Is that a true statement? I'm starting to think I I don't think that's a true statement. Yeah, I, and that's how I, I really always looked at it. You, you're not as maybe exposed to the things you were when you were younger. But by the same token, I, I'm starting to think as, as our bodies grow frail, and I guess I'm thinking is because since 50, I start thinking about this a lot now, 53. You start looking at things a little different when there's seem to be you know, less time in front of you than there is behind you. Um, you start thinking, okay, this should start getting easier. And in certain things, it does. But then in certain things, it seems to get harder because maybe we feel a little more frail. We don't feel as strong as we were maybe. Uh, and, and maybe we, we start, we, we tend to, and that may make us stronger, we tend to have more dependence upon God and look to, toward God more because we don't think that we can maybe physically do it as much as we did. I mean, think about it. Which hurts worse, somebody doing something to you or something to your children? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's a whole different thing. And, and unfortunately, I've seen individuals go astray because of situations with their children. Uh, let me see if I can explain it a little bit. That sounds kind of harsh. Uh, we see our, maybe children get involved in certain things, and because of the love that we have for them, it causes us to want to justify certain things. And it does become harder for us to do that because our children is involved. Um, I think that's why it's so important to the best that we possibly can is to make sure we're teaching that next generation. But I think things become harder because of what you're saying because maybe it won't, doesn't affect us but somebody that we hold dear, and that weighs harder on the emotions. And I think sometimes it becomes harder to, to overcome that you know, um, if that makes any sense.
1: Um. you truly uh, you understand that how it you know it, God didn't kill him He may have allowed it But that's very hard when you spend a whole lot of your life around dumb people and to see you know this was.
0: It's hard, and we, we see a lot of things, especially when it comes to youth, and when, when you start growing older, there's a lot of things, I think, that can affect your view of, of your Christian life and view of your faith. I can remember sitting with an individual, and this was a real eye-opener to me, and all oh, they were just devastated. They were crying. They, were, they wanted me to pray with them because they felt like their faith was failing, and the reason they were thinking this is because they wasn't physically able to come to church. They were bed, bedridden at this time. And it just was weighing on their faith because their physical things were keeping them, they felt like, from fellowship, from the family of God, from worshiping God. Uh, and and I thought about that a lot, how, how I would feel if I was in that situation. And, and I think I would probably feel the same way. Even though we're still faithful, just because we physically can't do anything, there does does have this sense of, that's why it's so important when we come together, it's so important when we do things, it helps really to build us up and to strengthen us, and you don't realize how important that is to our faith, till you lose it. And I think sometimes we take those things for granted, as we get older, and we don't really realize how important they are, until they're not a part of our life anymore. And... We we feel isolated, we feel alone, and it weighs on our faith as we get older. Um, I I think that's, to me, that's what I'm seeing in this psalm is you've got an older individual, which, again, I'm thinking it's David. You've got one in later years that's looking back on their life, still trusting in God, but realizing how frail they are and how important it is for God to truly be there with them because the wicked is still coming, they just may come in different ways. Satan, Satan will come at us at different ways because we're in different, you know, if I'm laying in, you know, bound in a bed to where I can't physically get up, what's Satan going to tempt me with? Well, your face not what it should be. You're not able to do this or you're not able to do that. And, and that can start going through your mind. Uh, and like I said, I've, I've, I've experienced that with other people who were struggling with that satan just hits you at a different angle he he comes at you at a different way and we still have to be ready for that our our faith and trust in god has to remain strong and sometimes that causes us and should cause us to grow closer to god to to uh uh, ask him and plead with him more to give to give us the strength we need to overcome that when our body seems that we can't um and i think that's what's what's happening here um and he says, you know, the world is looking, you know, why are you still trusting in God, basically? Why, why do you still uh, uh, have this? You know, psalmist didn't only speak of, of the loss of, of, of physical and mental strength, but also the potential loss of, of, again, spiritual strength. Not every believer, as I said, grows stronger in the Lord as, as they grow older. The Bible is filled with examples of those who sin even later on in life. David's example of this. When David was a little more mature is when he uh, uh, sinned with Bathsheba. you got Solomon who was drawn away by idolatry in, in later years. You've got uh, different individuals who, who struggled at different times in, in their Christian life and even older when we think their faith should have been stronger. In some ways, it, it was weaker in certain areas uh, because maybe... Uh, uh, Physically, they didn't have the strength to overcome some of the things that they felt like that that they should. Um, notice verse twelve through thirteen. He says, "Oh God, do not be far from me. Oh my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek to uh, hurt uh, seek my hurt." Here's another reason. Uh, it's either a writer that is looking back over uh, uh, the inspiration of David as he, you know, from God of David when he wrote some of these psalms. Uh, to me, David was all about uh, vindication, I-, I think. He was, he was all about uh, not vindictiveness but vindication and of, of going through these trials of understanding, okay, one day... There's going to be a reward. And that part of that reward is knowing that the enemies of God are going to be destroyed. Those that spilt the blood of, of, of God's children are, are, are going to answer for that. There, there is reward in that. And I think as, as we get older, I think that becomes more relevant to us because we look back on our lives of the sacrifices in which we make or should make. And uh, part of that is, was it worth it? Was it worth it? to to do that and as the bible says that uh god is going to take care of those in in his time and that's something that we can uh uh count on and and to me that's that's just another another indication of showing maybe toward david but what about verses 14 through 16 he says but i will hope continually i will praise you yet more and more My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. I like how he says here, for I do not know their limits. He said, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise of your righteousness, of your salvation. I don't know the limits of it. You know, is there any way for us to explain how great God is, how powerful God is, how righteous God is. There's no way for our mind to hold it. He says, I don't know the limits of this, but I'm going to tell it continuously. I'm going to show it continuously. As the Bible says, God can do far abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power that's in us. We, we keep, and Paul tells us in Romans uh, uh, 16, 1, that, that that word is, or 1 that that word is, is the power of God. Yeah, the gospel is. So we, we look at that and know... Okay, I may be asking God to do this. I may be needing God to do this. But he can do far abundantly more than I can even ask, than I can even think. I, I can't go to the point of where God can go. Um, but we can continuously sing his praises and knowing, I mean, think of the comfort that that really brings. You know, I ask for God for something, and I know that he can do even far beyond what I'm asking. So my trust in him should go far beyond what I can even comprehend it is. I should just trust him completely, shouldn't we? To know, and, and to me this is where the hard part is, is just trusting him because he's God, not trusting him because of what we think he can do. And I think that's where we can become disappointed. All I need to know is God's able to do it. I don't have to know what he's going to do. I don't have to know when he's going to I just have to know he's able to. And long as I know he's able to, that should be enough, shouldn't it? That, that really should be enough to trust in him. And, and I think that's the point that, that we need to get to. Because we've got to realize that it goes far beyond what, what we even know the limits of it is. Verse 17, 18. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works, Now, also, when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Here's some responsibility, isn't it? You know, you you start thinking about, you know, God, don't forsake me. In other words, this is when I need you the most. I'm getting older, I'm getting gray-headed, I'm getting feeble. But I also understand that I need to declare your strength to this next generation. I need to let this next generation know your power, your strength, to trust in you. See, that? I mean, think about if we get to the point to where we don't trust God, what are we showing that next generation? Where's their trust going to be? You know, we have an obligation to to teach that and to show that. And every, every, that's why Deuteronomy talks about when we sit down, when we stand up, when we lie down. Every area of our life we should be teaching his statutes. And part of his statutes is to, to show his strength in our lives. How am I able to get through the trials that I face? It's not with my strength, it's with his strength. How do I overcome the trials that come to me in this life? It's not with my strength, it's his strength. My strength wouldn't last a second with some of the things that happen. It, it's, it's his strength that gets us through it. It's his strength that, that causes us to, to overcome. Um, so when we think of it in terms of, of this, you know, I, I was reading something today. Uh, I had to speak at a funeral, somebody who didn't, didn't have anybody to do it. So I spoke at the funeral, and the family wrote out some things, and I always try to look over the things that they write out and, and, and go through them. And one of the things that this individual, one of their grandchildren said was, uh, they always taught me, uh, how was it they worded it? It it, it just struck me as unique. Uh, I'm losing it now. But this individual always, their grandparent always taught them to always look to God first. And and that just kind of struck me as, as, as interesting that that's one thing that they remembered. And I thought that was a great thing Uh, a great thing that they remembered let's finish these last couple of verses he said also your righteousness O God is very high you who have done great things O God who is like you you who have shown me great and severe trouble shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth you shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side even all the great and severe troubles that's been shown to Uh, The psalmist here, uh, he still showed the comfort, the strength, the power, and righteousness of God. And I think that says something uh, for as we get older.